On the Riabu podcast today, the oil and gas services industry, notorious for long, long payment terms. How does a company that's in the oil services field get paid on time? We're going to be speaking with Peter Hone from Modu Resources, a company which spans across the well life cycle. If you operate an oil rig and you are drilling oil wells, chances are you would have heard of or maybe even are a customer of Modu Resources. Peter, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks very much, Mark. Simon, good to be here. Simon Littlewood and I are going to quiz you over the next hour. We expect full value from our time here at the Sofitel Singapore to find out about how somebody like you, who's constantly in contact with customers, is actually able to get customers to pay on time because the oil and gas industry is notorious for long payment terms, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you're spot on. It's actually very notorious uh, for payment terms of 90 days turning into 180 days to 365 days into bad debt. Um, and it happens frequently. Um, we started a, a new business by the chairman and I was invited to, to, to join the new business and only three years ago so cash flow was one of our top priorities. Um, I'm a customer based person, relationship is crucial to, to get in business, to get paid in business uh, and to keep in business. Um, unfortunately uh, I couldn't do it alone <laughs> so uh, I, I, I invested in the help of Simon. Uh, to give me some uh, support uh, in the new company. Yes, uh, and it's a very successful company meantime. You mentioned three years old, but already doing very well on the revenue side. You have, what, 50 or more staff. You have contracts with some of the oil majors. Why is it that the oil and gas industry is so susceptible to paying so late? Uh, the relationship side of the business is more important now. Um, the money's not there, the day rates are less, the oil price is less. People are, you, you go into the majors, you know, one of the national oil companies that we, we have a contract with, one of their tenants is cash. How do we save cash? How do we get cash into the company? And if they can save by saving three or four days on, on our bill, they will do so. And, and they're right to do so. Our, our uh, aims is to show that they need us also by paying our bills you know the service is finished and can go to the next level it's yeah it's purely relationship side um, if we don't know them we don't understand their pains we, we are one spec on their horizon of service companies you know we are not the only company for, for these major operators uh, we have to understand where we fit how we fit and how we get paid from where we fit mm. Does that make sense? It, it does. And oil and gas, I suppose, by definition, being in the engineering field, you yourself are a, a learned electrician. Mm. You work for Lloyd's, among uh, others, in your 40-year uh, uh, career, may I say. <laughs> Is it that long already? Um, and, and so, because I assume, it, because you're in the oil and gas field, which by definition, people think of it as a heavy engineering type of field, perhaps is that why the relationship side isn't as highlighted and payment terms are so long? Yeah, it's, it's a very strange business where people come from within the business. There's a lot of commercial and operations people come up within the business and they don't have the fundamental business understanding, but they have relationships. And they move and recently the market shifted. People are short-term contracts, expats are being released, so the relationships are disappearing. You know, the new people, one of the big words in oil and gas right now is in-country value. 
um, where we try to make it in, in Singapore locals, in Oman locals. Um, and they don't have the experience and the relationship there to, to get paid on time because the relationship is gone, with the procurement has gone. You know, it's uh, corporate, it's still there, but that personal touch where I understand this company has three uh, finance departments for each asset they own and, and they don't communicate that well to each other, they, they, they don't understand this. So, so, so we have to teach these people, go and talk to them, go and sit in their office, find out where, where they are, take them for tea, you know, understand what they need us to provide to get our bills paid. It's, it's really quite simple. Yes. And it boils down to understanding their pains and uh, how would you enhance their ability to overcome their pains, we get paid. Yes. It's very simple. In theory, in practice, though, of course, it wasn't always this way. I mean, you, you alluded earlier to, to bringing Simon in to help you make sure that those invoices do get paid. Paint the picture for us a little bit as to how things were in years gone by uh, in terms of the cash flow from some of the oil majors. Were they prompt payers? In, in years gone by, there was a lot of cash in oil and gas when the oil price was high and the business was... Un I, I'd say the business was unhealthy. My view of the business was very unhealthy. We threw money at everything. Payment was not an issue, day rates were not an issue, bills were paid on time. Very rarely you got bad payers, you know, I won't mention, but there's one quite famous one over in Southeast Asia that's quite a bad payer, but they paid. They used small print to pay, you know, delay payment. But now the market shifted, we need to think smart, operate smart, so payment, we need to think smart to, to, to get paid. We need. For us to invoice, us to deliver the, what the client wants, we need to be smarter than the competition. And, and that comes to getting paid too, is exactly the same thing. Now, one example when Simon came in, we were a very young company, I think we were three months old when Simon first came in. Uh, and we had one company in Malaysia, uh, quite small, drilling contractor. Um, they were keeping us running with lots of work, but we struggled to get paid. And when we were very young, we, we needed cash. So, you know, we spoke to Simon and I took down uh, our finance lady and our operations lady to their office in Kuala Lumpur. We went for lunch. Uh, we found out they operated individual entities for each asset they owned. I think they had seven rigs, therefore seven finance departments per se, you know, seven operations departments, seven rig managers. But unless you delve into their office and go and look them in the eye and seek some trust, you don't understand that. You just think there's one company called Whatever. Company A. Yeah. Right? But, and then you send your invoices to them and uh, you think I, somehow... You're and I think within paid. two weeks, um, we were paid. And people started saying, hey, this works. And another instance was our finance lady was chasing a debt in Singapore from a Singapore-based contractor. She couldn't get paid. So I called this person. I had a relationship with this, this person in Singapore. I called him. I said, listen, you need to pay the bill. You know, this is one year old. It was a one-year debt. It was a very small amount of money. I said, look, even if I can get some, you know, there's psychological uh, tricks I can use to get paid. I used, but it was because the relationship was there. The finance lady was just getting ignored. Right. <laughs> ignore, ignore, ignore. And I went, I met this guy, not far from here, and we got paid half of this small sum. And then we eventually got paid the whole small sum. Yeah. So Simon, when you first were engaged uh, by uh, Moji Resources, what, what did you see 
terms of the processes well, and the internal. A, a new business is focused primarily on getting customers. Mm. And in fact, the basis of my engagement at the beginning was to help put some more structure into the business development approach. In mm. fact, we, we developed a specific tool, which you now told me is actually now in use by the business globally, right? And it was a big fight to get some discipline around the front end. What, what, what's really interesting about Peter's experience is his focus has been primarily, first of all, technical, because you have an engineering degree, and uh, electrician, electrical engineering degree. And then secondly, growing the business. But you understand intuitively that the relationship that you create when you go in and tout for that business determines how that customer behaves towards you right the way through the relationship up to and including when they pay you. I think many people who are involved in business development don't understand that. So Peter was a super ally when we went in and tried to do this, but it'd be fair to say that there's quite a lot of resistance, right? Well, when you're a very new company, you know, we'd all worked for the multinational before and, and Leo, you know, we all idolised because he put the money and invested in, in, in the company. Leo's well, your chairman. The chairman. Leo the chairman, sorry. Um, very Leo Nettegal, the chairman, I'll tell him his full name, um, invested a lot of time and a lot of money uh, in us guys to deliver this. But at the beginning of a new venture, it's all about, like Simon says, bringing in work, getting clients. And we didn't really understand the cash flow uh, effect of not having cash in and then keep drawing down from the chairman. Now, the chairman's not a bank, right? Yes. Um, although we treat him as a bank early doors, <laughs> right? <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Um, but it was getting away from that, standing on two feet. And one of the things that Simon brought up uh, was DSO. And you know, I've been to school and business school because I didn't understand business. I went and did what I had to do. Um, you have an MBA, in fact, from Northumbria University. Yes, yes. yes, I have. Yes. And so DSO, Day Sales Outstanding, Day, was a uh, new concept. Yeah, it was a totally new... I'd seen it in school and, and then trying to get it across the line in, in a company where you, we've got two families and myself. It's kind of difficult because we're all so busy talking to clients, visiting clients, you know, seeking new staff, seeking surveyors. DSO was like bottom, bottom of the bar. But, but the effect on DSO uh, and understanding it and, and getting Simon to explain it uh, to, to Lachlan, who was GM in Singapore, um, and the company, the effect was dramatic. We, we took a Sylvan Cortens, who's Ari's son. Ari's uh, one of the major shareholders of the company. Uh, and Ari's son, Sil, has got a, a finance career. We took a model of Simon's for, for using DSO. We then start to measure the DSO as, as a region in MREP. And fair play to, to the GM there, we are reducing the DSO, which means your cash flow is increasing. So how many days were your invoices outstanding and, and where are you at now? Uh, it's probably not a good thing to tell you where really? we were. Was it, was it that bad? Yeah, we were quite, we were quite I can't say, uh, ineffective. Would be the word. We were we were not efficient across the the business development commercial structure. We we could get work in very quickly. We're doing well where we are today because we're quite good at it. But there's a, a wider understanding, the benefits of that relationship and the, you know that particular DSO structure to getting paid and, and not getting paid. Um, where we are now, I would say that. At a guess, we, we can give you the figures, but it's under 80 days, 75 days. Which uh, is pretty good for the oil and gas oh, industry. Very, usually our payment's 90-day payment, so we're below 90 days, my guess. So you get paid faster than you expect? Yeah, much faster than we ever did before. Um, we also looked at, with, with that model of Simon DSO, we looked at, we use agents in Malaysia, for example, and their, their first priority 
is not getting paid for modular resources because they do lots and lots of things. They hire staff, they rent out this, they rent out that. Paying modular resources is maybe fifth, sixth in the line. And then we started to look, you know, with the idea of how can we increase our chances of getting paid and reduce that DSO. Maybe we put uh, rewards. You know, the percentage is six percent or seven percent. Maybe we say six and a half, and half a percent if you meet our KPI. This is where we're going with that DSO model. So I'm introduced. This kind of uh, yeah helps us get paid. Um, I guess Simon, there are many companies that focus on what they're good at. In module resources, in this case, it's focusing yeah, on the, the, the drilling work and yeah, the engineering yeah. and the training and so on, rather than getting paid on time. The irony of startups, and we've talked about this before, mm. is when the business starts up, everyone is really concerned to get revenue in. But why do the majority of startups fail? They don't fail because of a lack of revenue, they fail because of a lack of cash. Mm. So it's precisely because of this mindset that says, if we get the business through the door, we'll be fine when in fact that's not true at all because if you get lots of business through the door and you get paid in 120 or 140 yeah. days the faster the business grows yeah. the more cash you need and sooner or later you might find that you've got lots of customers and absolutely no cash to pay the wages to pay the phone bill yeah. um, and that's a very common experience with small and growing companies without ours is a new obviously a brand new company um, yeah leo had a very well-known company before uh, and sold uh, but starting again we knew we have to we, we can't get away from that we were a new new company and where we are now probably one of the proudest days in the last uh, we've gone one year without taking any money from the chairman which is impressive but in three years reducing you know the DSO so we get paid earlier got more cash we, we have no we haven't taken any money from the chairman for one year um, and we are helping other parts of the business which is kind of nice um, we, we give some contracts to other parts of the business mm -hmm. in America, you know, instead of taking some, we leave them a job. Um, but yeah, but it allowed, it's the importance uh, that links the relationship to the to the cash flow. There's a, a mental block there somewhere with engineering people, people <laughs> like myself that just blocked it. You know, I might know, you know, John very well, but the effect of getting cash, I need to make that a wider relationship. And, understand earlier on in our recording you said that uh, it's actually quite simple yeah. and, and the way you described it is simple so why is it so hard because you get caught up in the day-to-day -day, uh, calls and meetings and, and now we've gone you know uh, virtual and you don't get this face-to-face -face contact which for me is very dangerous uh, I see it as I would hate to slip back into that method of not getting paid um, zoom's very nice and you know teams is very nice but we're a relationship-based company. Uh, we go on to assets. Uh, we have relationships with guys from the surveyor level up to the chairman. Um, and it's king. If, if I go to the, the National Oil Company of Malaysia and they know me by name, the chances are they're going to come back. The chances are they're going to pay me on time. Uh, and we're going to deliver exactly what I want all the time because we listen to what they want. And it's very simple. It's like, you know, my studies is all around relationships um, and how, how they drive the company, how this relationship can drive your company. And if we all go in the same direction with relationships, yeah, it's quite easy to get paid, right? And what's really interesting to me is, I mean, in Riabu, among other things, we collect mm. data on how companies in sectors, different sectors are doing. Mm. It appears that it, at a time when most companies in the 
uh, marine services industry and in the oil industry are getting paid later and later and later because margins are being more and more pressed, mm. you are actually getting paid faster and faster and faster. Yeah, the, I keep hearing this. We do a lot of work. Asia is a very different market. Right? Oil and gas is a market on its own, and Asia is a lot of work. You know, we do a lot of hands-on stuff with clients. Um, you know, Lachlan, who Simon's met, the GM. We are very relationship-based with clients. Um, we visit clients. We talk to clients on an hourly basis. Um, you know, standing back, waiting to be paid. Like, I think I can't remember the, the way Simon phrased it one time was waiting to the end and then arguing with the chap to get your money right. But it's, it's, it's an outdated way to behave. If I can meet uh, the client, you know, at the beginning on, of the well life cycle, uh, when they're planning their well, then and, and explain our payment terms and what we expect and what we will deliver, and we have a relationship from the wells team, at, uh, you know, at well spec and the, the drilling team at module resources and the academy. You know, the, the whole stream will, will get paid on time or within, you know, reasonable time. We understand cash is the same for in Malaysia as it is in India. It's quite hard to come by nowadays. But if they need you and you make them feel they need you, they'll pay because they know they want you again. They need you again. So they will sure pay. You were talking earlier about, about exactly this and using the term the virtuous revenue cycle to describe how if you set the right tone at the beginning of yeah. the relationship, everything follows from that. We have to, it's, we were talking about uh, mindfulness and caring about uh, your clients. We are a service provider. Uh, we provide service. If, if, the, if they don't want our service, we have no money. And it's about caring enough to go and see them and, and, and understand their pain. If I don't care, you know, to my client, Somebody else will care. <laughs> yes, and it doesn't matter which industry you're no. in. No, whereas you you could be in you know the burger industry, and if you suddenly stop caring about what people want in the burgers, they're going to go somewhere else, right? and they're going to take their cash to another company. Do you think that's particularly poorly understood in oil and gas and other heavy industrial, heavy engineering type industries? I think it's. Uh, I think we've been very unhealthy, the way we run our business for many many years because. There was exorbitant sums of money. You know, just an example. Right? I can give you an example. In the when we were all working for the multinational company before Leo started this one, and we were paying surveyors in the region of seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars a day, paying. So our day rate to the client was three thousand dollars. Now we have the same guy doing the same job for five hundred dollars a day. That's a quarter almost. And. How's that changed the dynamics then in terms of getting paid? Well, then, you, you know, we were talking about relationships. About getting paid, we need to take the relationship from not only starting with the client, but also with the consultant. The consultant's spending time in quarantine on, on day rates, a quarter of that $500 uh, for 14 days in the quarantine. So we need to make sure that they don't affect our cash flow by being upset when they go to see the client, because the relationship is a cycle from, from in to out. From, from you know from business development to business completion and they're a huge part the surveyors are a huge part of this cycle and if they're upset they can affect your cash flow um, Simon or John or Fred did not work very well on this this particular project well we're going to withhold some payment because, until we uncover this dispute which is again yes. so that brings in a, a lot more complexity than in other B2B type businesses where the value chain between the supplier and the customer is much clearer yes you're saying that actually this uh, 
um, life cycle of the, the oil well yeah. actually involves so many moving parts, how do you then make sure that you still get paid on time even though you're relying on others to do part of the job for you? Well, that, that's where the, where the communication in the company uh, is, is more important first than the communication with your clients. When you get your communication right in your company, where you starting from the commercial, talking to the technical and delivering the right uh, service that can be delivered and there's not a bit of drift which is going to cause friction with your client and then you talk to your surveyors so that they can deliver that and, and, and then bring them in so everybody's in the cycle of communication so the relationship then gets bonded together you can then take that relationship strength to your client if you show strength you know as a team going to your client you will then carry that same message to your clients conversation was that difficult though, bringing everybody on board at the same time? Uh, it still is difficult. Uh, it still is difficult uh, to, to get to get everybody on board. But you need to seek professional help. You know, we have to have some humility to say that we're all and gas technical professional people. We're not relationship specialists. We're not business gurus. We're not commercial gurus. And and I think that's where the chairman, you know, we've got to give him credit, allowed me to bring in Simon at a time when we probably didn't have, we could have probably paid the money somewhere else. But the rewards, I think I've been seeing, to be honest. You know, Simon was a small part, a very big, at the beginning, that led to a big reward. Um, a part of that relationship, trust third parties. Don't think we can do this. Years ago, when the market was good, Simon would never have got a look in because we would just muddle on Yes. There's hundreds and thousands of dollars coming in. We don't care if we lost $10,000. I think one of the other things that Simon talked about was, was to look at the smaller contracts. You know, the nice ones with the nationals and the supermates are all very nice, but the, the $10,000 job here and the $8,000 job here and the 20000 If we don't give them the relationship cycle, yeah, or with relevance, of course, um, then we're not going to get paid from them either. And if you've got 10 jobs... At ten thousand dollars, all with poor relationships, that's a hundred thousand dollars gone missing, right? Yes. None of this would have worked if you hadn't been open to the idea that something needed to change. And what's interesting to me is you went from being having a degree in electrical engineering to having an MBA and focusing mainly on sales and business development, yeah. and you're now actually so engaged by the question of how communications and human yeah. behaviour affects business outcomes that you're actually doing a doctorate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> A doctorate in business culture, no less. So is this the, the pinnacle of uh, the, that journey that you've been on? No, yes, it's, it's an unexpected pinnacle because I believe communic I was talking to our own CEO. I'm not sure Simon Menduko Dehan is our CEO. Um, and we looked at, in oil and gas, what had changed over the last 25 years. Technology has moved from a top drive, which helps you drill a hole in the, in the ground as a, as a short version. Um, and we've got some automation. Nothing major, not like you know airlines, and you know we haven't done anything dramatic. But what has really changed is communication to a massive degree, such a massive degree how we communicate across this this uh, business. And uh, again, it all boils down to how we communicate with each other. That builds trust. Trust then pays bills. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with trust pays bills. I love that. Trust pays bills. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. So Simon, to wrap up then, earlier on you said that uh, often business development people uh, also don't get it, <laughs> which, which, which is a bit uh, surprising, not just because uh, 
and John <laughs> Peter's actually well, what, sitting here, but also what, because... What's very unusual, I mean, I work for hundreds of companies that have, have had similar issues and hopefully in some cases have been able to help. Generally, the, the, the place I go into the company is in the finance area because the finance guy is under pressure to get the money in faster and he doesn't know how to do it because the behaviour that drives late payment is in the commercial area with the people who actually talk to the customer and set expectations. What's very interesting about relationship with Peter is he's the commercial guy and he got the relationship actually faster than financed it got got understood it faster than financed it I think that's fair and you then led you then led the change of culture internally but isn't business development usually by definition a relationship type of role building relationships with new customers it tends to focus well Peter will have a better view than me but my experience of business development is it's about the dollar it's about getting the next deal It's always about getting the next deal, and particularly in a small company where we, we, we heard you're not making money, you're spending more than you're earning, the pressure to get those new deals is so great mm. that if you say, well, hang on a minute, we need to dot the I's and cross the T's, and you know, someone's going to say, are you nuts? You know, We need this business. And it's having the strength, the conviction to say, yes, we need the business, but at the end of the day, it's not much use to us if we don't get paid, right? So let's make sure... We engage with the customer, understand how they operate, and create a solid basis, not just for delivering good work, but actually getting the cash in the bank. And that's, that's yeah. essentially the, the fight that you took forward, yeah? The, mod, the, the method I use, or to try and explain, you know, sometimes I'm a bit brash. Uh, Simon understands I've been a bit brash. I haven't heard that. <laughs> but um, I, I tried to get away from the sales perspective. We are not selling. We are developing business which is slightly different. We, 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 if we go with um, arrogance and ego, and we are then selling because we are trying to meet numbers. But what we're trying to do across this world life cycle is establish long-term trusting relationships, which is developing business. Um, you put in, our, in oil and gas over the last few years, you have a sales title, you will not get in because uh, they don't want you to sell it because they haven't got the money to buy anything these businesses so it's more about how can I help you where are your pains you know where we are as a company you know you've got to look at the facts within three years we've got offices around the globe two in Holland Perth Brisbane Singapore head office uh, Houston in a, in a market which is very tight um, where margins are very fine um, without getting paid on time and to yeah thanks very much to Simon there. We, I, I'm not sure we'd be in the healthy state we're in today if we hadn't had the humility to go outside and, and look for help with Simon. Mm. I think Simon is going to be paying for the uh, bread and butter pudding that's awaiting us. <laughs> <but. laughs> can, can you? Because you, 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 you're amazing. You're hiding your light under a bushel. You're doing a doctorate. You didn't tell us precisely what the focus of the doctorate is, um, and, and I find it totally fascinating. Can you say a little bit more about that? My, I'm. I was part of the merger and acquisition when Lloyd's Register took Leo's first company. I was, I was an, a surveyor. So I was affected differently than the chairman, of course. I was affected differently than the management. I then became uh, into the office from a technical perspective. I went into the office. I couldn't understand it. I became very obsessed with culture, how people did, why they did, and why they did nothing. Uh, other people. Now I'm looking at... There's a theory by Mary Douglas, a grid group theory, where we, we move away from the perspective that nationality is the cultural driver. We move away from your behavior. Uh, we move towards sorry, your behavior and your ritualistic behavior. What do people do as, as a person when they talk? How does that drive 
the culture of the company, if we're individualist, if we're egalitarian, you know, if we're fatalist, you know, we just need to understand, or I need to understand, how we can communicate better to drive the culture forward. The bottom line is, how do we sell? How do we get paid? And which is the, the culture that can do that? And for for those people uh, listening, and perhaps you are in the oil and gas industry, what's uh, your recommendation of the first step to take down this journey if you yourself are in the oil and gas services industry and you're currently facing 120, 150, 180 day payment terms? Well, if you don't have the relationship with your client, you need to start. You need to somehow find somebody who has a relationship with that client. Um, measuring your payment with this DSO method is, is a good start. If, you're, if, you're, if you don't have any measurement you're only guessing, right? And, and that's not fun for anybody, right? But the relationship, for me, I, I, I harp on about it all the time. Communications builds relationships. Relationships, trust, trust, payment. Um, so that's the process. There's no easier method to get him paid. Um, there's no magic pill, right? When do we start calling you doctor? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think that'll ever happen. Oh, we'll just keep, I'm looking forward to it. You're, you're in your <laughs> second as year. As long as you keep buying lunch, I'll call you doctor. Oh, yeah. you're, lunch. But you're buying lunch. <laughs> anyway, you're in your second year already. We wish you the very best yeah. with your doctoral thesis. Thank you. And thanks again for talking to thanks, us on the Riyama podcast today. And if, you, and if you do have a story of your own to tell about uh, your particular industry, how you're getting paid, or as the case may be, not getting paid, uh, <laughs> drop us an email, service at riyabu.com. We'd love to have you on the show.